You know what to do to be beloved here in Pittsburgh if you're an athlete? Be a cartoon character. Laurie's the guy who smiles all the time. Malkin's the guy who speaks pigeon English. I'm scored. Kessel is the chunky, jolly guy with frizzy hair who looks funny in photos. Juju is the kid from Nickelodeon who rides a bike and plays video games. AB's the player. Fancy car, fancy clothes. I'm not sure what Ben Roethlisberger is, but he's funny as heck. First, Ben says he might retire. Then he says he's going to play four more years. Now he says it's year by year. This is all said within a couple months. Ben is mad they drafted Mason Rudolph. Says it's not his job to coach him. Then they both show up at OTAs, and Ben is coaching him. Kind of. Ben says some of his incendiary recent quotes were taken out of context, even though Ben provided, via a radio show, the entire context. Ben isn't schizophrenic or even forgetful. He knows exactly what he's saying. Ben is effing with everybody. He's yanking our chains. And he's real good at it, too. I should know. Ben is a great bunch of guys. And I love each and every one of them. Something Brent brings the drama. That's not true. Ben brings the funny. Sick Again brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. I took Alejandro Villanueva to task uh, a bit ago because he took off his shirt and poured beer all over himself at a Penguin game on the Jumbotron, as I believe does not befit a graduate of West Point Military Academy, let alone a decorated war veteran. And I also said that, that Alejandro Villanueva double-crossed his teammates in Chicago. They agreed to all stay in the tunnel during the anthem, and he came out of the tunnel and held his hand over his heart while his teammates were in the background on camera looking like a bunch of unpatriotic schmucks. So Casey tweets, with his service record, he can do whatever the hell he wants. Let me dissect this tweet phrase by phrase. No, he can't. No, he can't. He served, yeah, terrific. That doesn't give him the right to double-cross his teammates. Acting like an ass at the Penguin game, hey, if it's good enough for Garrett Cole, I guess it's good enough for Villanueva. But he double-crossed his teammates in Chicago. He does not have the right to do that. If he wants to be an Army Ranger for life, go ahead, re-enlist. Be an Army Ranger forever. But in Chicago, he was a Pittsburgh Steeler, and he double-crossed the guys in that platoon. Casey says, did you serve? No, I didn't. And I am not going to. And I'm glad I didn't. It's an all-volunteer Army. It's for some people, not for me. Casey continues, I've been a long-time listener, follow of yours. And I understand your stick, but as an army wife and the mom of a sailor, I find your, twit, your tweet repugnant. Unfollow. Casey, don't let the door hit you in the metaphorical ass on the way out. Don't care. Anybody who threatens not to listen, don't listen. Anybody who says they're going to unfollow me on Twitter, yeah, like Twitter matters. Unfollow all you want. Rusty tweets, the new NFL anthem policy is exactly what you've been advocating for. Standing for the anthem is what's best for business and keeping teams in the locker room 
like the old days might be what's best for the game. Oh, no, this is great for me. But I am tired of talking about it. I really am. But then there's no way. You know what I've come to realize? There's no way for me to talk about the Pirates because people just don't want to hear me talk about the Pirates. Pirate fanboys know I'm right about everything the Pirates do wrong, and they're tired of hearing it, especially for me. And the people who agree with me, it's just kind of repetitive that I say it over and over again, even though the real punchline is I have to say it over and over again because nothing changes. But but I don't have to worship at the altar of Alejandro Villanueva. I don't have to bow and scrape because he served. Honestly, I don't care. That's for him. I respect it. But I'm not going to say, oh, thank you so much. Oh, my God, our men in uniform. I don't care. That makes me a bad person. Makes me a bad person. Uh, I, I want to stay with the National Anthem thing. Because we, we saw this a few moments ago when Mike Pence, the vice president, tweeted hashtag winning because of the NFL's new anthem policy, which means he doesn't really understand the policy. Then again, if you've heard that Jamoke talk, he doesn't understand a lot of things. Uh, but now that players on the field have to stand, Trump's going to take credit for it. Mark my words, he's going to be speaking at a rally or on TV and he's going to say, these players didn't want to stand and respect our flag and our great veterans, but we made them stand. Together, we made them stand and respect our great nation. And of course, making someone stand for the anthem is exactly what America shouldn't be about. Exactly what America should not be about. That's the sort of stuff they did at Nuremberg. Colin Kaepernick ruined his career. I wonder if it'd do it all over again. That's a fair question. Same goes for Eric Reed. Like I said, the Steelers should sign Eric Reed. He's a lot better than what they got at safety. If you signed Mike Vick, you can sign Eric Reed. Let's go to Roman in Oakland. Roman, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Big fan. Great. Uh, I was just wondering if you had ever seen the uh, South Park solution to the National Anthem kneeling. No, and I doubt I would think it's funny because I don't like South Park, but but go ahead, tell me what it was. Uh, well, their solution was to just have the announcer, whenever he announced the National Anthem, instead of saying, would you please stand for the National Anthem, he said, would you please stand, sit or kneel for the National Anthem. Right, at and least that way you're getting something from everybody, right? Yeah, they just, and so none of the players knew what to do. They well, started the whole kneeling debate and sitting is childish. and standing, and nobody knew what to do. The whole debate is childish because it really, the whole thing really doesn't matter. It only matters because well, we've made all, it that's matter. The point. It we've taken no something totally insignificant and made it into literally a federal case with, with Trump and Pence. And you understand, when politicians talk about this, they're doing so to distract you from the fact that they're not taking proper action on things that matter. Because this doesn't matter at all. Who stands, sits, kneels, or defecates during the National Anthem, it doesn't matter even a little bit. Let's go to Pat Monroeville. Pat, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. Hey, man, you know, I know, I know you, you, you know, Ian Cole's just a fifth defense man, and Reed wasn't a big factor, but you got to say something about 
team chemistry. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right, how, right, right. How often were you in the locker room to evaluate the team chemistry, sir? Well, I mean, I'm just going by the record. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And then after the training... Uh, really witty phraseology. Did you come up with that yourself? I don't know. Were you in the locker room? Yeah. As a matter of fact, after every home game this year, not that that's quite the same as being there when the players are, are by themselves... But uh, team chemistry is fictional. It's something dopes like you believe in because you don't understand the actual game itself. Whenever a team wins, it's assigned chemistry. It said how great the leadership was, how everybody pulled the same rope. Well, that's they won. That That's why you can assign those values. You never hear that a team that won had bad team chemistry, crappy leadership, and were all individuals. Okay. It's just spewing the same old cliches because they need something to, to, to credit and to, and to build those things because ideally they should be there, but they're not always. But, but believe me, there are a lot of teams that don't have those qualities in, in, in multitude that win anyway. Okay, so in conclusion, you don't know what you're talking about. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Dave in the car. Dave, you're on with Double M. Mr. Madden. What up? Hey, um, so it's these processes, like, I get their right to kneel and everything else, but what are they doing in the offseason on their own time versus protesting on company time? I haven't heard of anybody, like, taking a knee in Vegas like an NFL player on vacation. But then again, there's no anthem being played at Vegas or wherever they, they take vacay. So but I'm not sure what your point is. Are they promoting their, their cause in the offseason on yeah, their but, own but, time? But, but the game with the anthem is the platform. That's where you get noticed, and that's what opens up the dialogue. It's not what I would have done, but I do understand why they do it, and I actually support their right to do it as long as there's not a league policy against it, which there still is not. Not really. But there's no dialogue being done about it. With their oh, actually, being... there's a lot of dialogue. Colin Kaepernick has started a lot of dialogue and contributed a lot of money himself. Well, Colin Kaepernick's other... a hero. Yes. How about all the other players, all the other kneelers? What are they doing for their cause? And their I haven't kept so... track of every one. Do you believe that's my responsibility to know that? Uh, but besides him, I've heard of nobody doing anything. I'm sure they have. I mean, some of them are phony. Some of them are just trying to get noticed, to get on TV, and to get talked about. But Colin Kaepernick's no phony. Absolutely not. I agree with you 100% on that one. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Rick in Dormont. Rick. Wrong with double M. Hey, Mark. Uh, just regarding your comments about Alejandro Villanueva and how you respect his service, but you don't have to praise him, right. I think there's a lot wrong with the hero culture that everybody that serves, no matter if they're a cook or in combat veteran, we treat them all as heroes equally. Well, you've heard me talk about that. Uh, if you yeah. didn't serve in a combat zone, you're not a veteran. You might as well be a mailman. You're just a civil service employee. And it's an all-volunteer well, army. Okay, so if you joined and you wind up in a combat zone, it shouldn't surprise you because you volunteered. It's just part of the big propaganda machine to get more people to volunteer. Colin Kaepernick's a bigger hero than Alejandro Villanueva. I wouldn't argue with that. In in the grand scheme of this country, it's not even close. Yep, I agree with you, Mark. If Alejandro Villanueva hadn't served, nothing would be different. If Colin Kaepernick hadn't done what he did... A lot of causes would not have been spotlighted. A lot of causes that need to be spotlighted. And uh, and Kaepernick sacrificed his career, although I don't think he thought for a minute that would be the case. 
Thanks, Rick. Good call. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. This is the Mark Madden Show. We got Mike Rupp talking hockey at the bottom of the hour. 105.90X. This anthem controversy with the NFL has been around for what now? Over two seasons? And the NFL had a chance to draw a line under it, but came up with a policy that's not a policy. It's just a big loophole. And nothing has changed. Uh, I would not kneel. It's not my thing. Then again, I'm not a black man. And I can't truly understand what a black man feels like in this country. I try, but unless you're black, you don't know. But I, I would not kneel. I believe the players have a right to do it unless they're denied that right as a condition of employment, which is perfectly fine if it's denied in clear and concise fashion. But the NFL has not made that a condition of employment. So really, again, nothing has changed. Uh, now, with the Jets chairman saying that if any of his players kneel, they he will pay their fines. The chairman will pay the players' fines. Well, the players won't get fined. Let me let me just make that clear. The teams will get fined. But what this owner's basically saying is it's no big deal if his players kneel. He doesn't mind paying the fines. So now the liberal ones will talk like that, that I don't mind paying the fines. And the conservative ones, the right-wingers, will complain about paying the fines and potentially, I don't know, suspend players, cut players, whatever players. We'll have to see what the team policies are. So in a divided nation, this new policy makes the divide even more clear in the NFL, which I would have thought would be the last thing they should want to do. I wonder if Goodell and the owners realize how stupid they look right now because they look monumentally stupid. They look stupid on a level that can't even be described. I wonder how Art Rooney feels about this. You know, his dad would have got this straightened out. Dan would have figured this out. Art couldn't. And that doesn't mean he's a bad owner, a bad guy, or incompetent. Just this was the situation where Dan Rooney, Mr. Rooney, thrived in and got things solved. 412-333-WXDX. Let's go to uh, Matt and Brentwood. Matt. Mark. What up? I want to preface this by saying I'm a huge fan of yours. Okay. Have been for years. Yep. But uh, I just want to know what your motivation behind saying that Colin Kaepernick's more of a hero than Alejandro Villanueva. Because Colin Kaepernick has raised millions of dollars and brought a lot of attention to significant social causes that have benefited a lot of people. Villanueva was one man, one soldier. We get too hyped up over soldiers just because they're soldiers. Villanueva obviously served very bravely in Afghanistan, but look at what Kaepernick's done. What Kaepernick did affected a lot more people than what Villanueva did. How do you know, though? How do you know it didn't affect people in Afghanistan? I'm not really that concerned about the people in Afghanistan. I'm concerned about the Americans in Afghanistan. I wonder why we're in Afghanistan. But, uh, you know, what the Afghanistan people and the country... Itself, I don't care at all about. So that makes him more of a hero. Yeah, I think so. I think it means he had more impact. I mean, you can judge who's a hero and who isn't on uh, your own terms, but 
I just think we tend to genuflect in front of every soldier endlessly, and I think they deserve credit, but it's a volunteer army. They went to do a job, and they, they did the job. Kaepernick lost his job because he took a stand. Yeah. I mean, if you want to wave the flag, bro, knock yourself out. You sound like distressed and disturbed, but uh, I'm allowed to have my point of view, too, you know. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for I the call. I just wanted to know your. I just want to know your reasoning behind it. And it's very solid reasoning. Don't you agree? Yes. Thank yes. you. I just. I disagree to disagree. Thank you. Let's go to Rick in Wexford. Rick, you're on with Double M. Oh, uh, Double M, big fan. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of like the last guy. I'm not. I'm not big unless you're. Uh, I don't know who would consider Kaepernick a hero, but I do heroes based. You know, I don't think heroes are whiny millionaires basing a. Uh, protest on a false premise of like what's hands the up, false premise? Shoot. Hands up, don't shoot, never happened. Well, then, it it wasn't that, about hey genius. It wasn't about hands up, don't shoot. It was about or, injustice against black people in America. You don't think there's injustice against black people in America? No, Mark. You need to say no, no. no answer my question. Do you think there's injustice against black people in America? No. Well, then, then you're just an ass. I no, wish I could reach through the microphone and slap Mark, you. Mark, goodbye. If, if goodbye. You don't get to unleash that BS. Racist propaganda here. You just don't. Maybe we should call the rookie from the Milwaukee Bucks who got tasered because he parked in the wrong spot. Right, black people have it perfect in America. What a maroon. Let's go to Jim and my pleasant Jim. You're on with Double M. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Madden. How are you doing today? Terrific. Um, I've been a football fan for... 40 years. I'm 47 now. But uh, last three years, I haven't watched the NFL. And that's and a problem. Yeah, and that is a problem. But basically, these some of these guys beat their wives. They do their smoke their weed or whatever. Well, smoke, get, smoking weed is illegal by the drug policy of the league, but I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, but then, you know, some of them get DUIs. So that I have a problem of, with. And the the beating of anybody, I have a problem yeah. with. So what's your point? I just can't take these guys serious with their protesting. I understand that black people, yes. Well, I'll, 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 I'll give, well you're about to say something condescending and borderline racist, so I'll cut you off. But No, uh, no, no. There, there are some guys like Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett lied about what the police did to him in Las Vegas. It, it's it, it, there, there is no scenario for protest where every guy should be taken credibly, but Colin Kaepernick should be. Oh, I agree. I agree. But Colin I mean, Kaepernick has literally put his money and his life where his mouth is. And anybody who yes. doesn't respect that just has this this nationalistic flag waving jingoistic version of respect that everything has to be draped in the flag. Not well, everything not, has to be draped in the friggin' flag. Right, exactly. I'm not saying anything about the flag. I'm just saying it's hard to take these guys serious when they're doing... The wife beating. That, yeah, but, but 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 tell me a wife beater that, that knelt for the national anthem. Can you name one? No, I can't. I right didn't think because... you could. Thanks for the call. Let's go to John in the car. John, real quick. You're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Just real quick. First off, they're both volunteers. Second off, who's who's guy... wait? Who are both volunteers? The football player and the soldier. Actually, they're both employees. Yeah, but they both volunteered for what they wanted to do, right? 
Secondly, I, think Ka- I think Kaepernick got drafted, which is more than Villanueva could say. It was his choice to play or not, right? Secondly, more Yeah, this is really convoluted. But, no, but, let, me, let me answer. No, no, oh, f- first off, oh, stop for a second. You'll do whatever I let you do. Oh, okay, okay, I don't. Right. No, no, I no, no. Believe me, this is this is more nationalist than our government in terms of we salute the flag, which no, is no, me. I, Mark, I get that. I get that. My point is, you have a millionaire who does something, and if it goes sideways, he loses employment. You have a soldier who, if it goes sideways, in his case, it did. He saves people, dies. Yeah, that's How great. Is there a comparison. That's great. You, there is a comparison. Colin Kaepernick has raised millions for causes that needed help, that needed a spotlight. Yeah, that's great. But if it, Colin if, Kaepernick if, positively impacted more lives than Alejandro Villanueva. No question about that. Not even close. And if things went sideways for him, which they did, he loses his job. The other guy dies. What well, I guess, I guess they each volunteered for a different kind of job then, didn't they? Because Colin Kaepernick took a job where he knew he wouldn't die, and Alejandro Villanueva took a job where he knew he might. But in either case, they volunteered. Correct. But to say one is more a hero than the other, so what? That, that's bizarre. For some reason... No, actually, it makes a lot of sense if you... It makes a lot of sense if It makes a lot of sense if you don't drape yourself in the flag and I'm wallow drinking, in nationalism. I'm not draping myself in a flag. I'm making a statement that's a fact. Oh, one I'm making a dies. statement. Well, maybe you should call a press conference. One guy dies, one guy loses his life. How is there a big difference there? And not a big difference, I should say. There isn't. For as smart as you are, that's as dumb as... No, no, no. It's extremely smart, and you just determined that, oh, war hero, oh, my God, flag, oh, soldier, oh, what a great man. We'd all be speaking Japanese and German, lazy ass. That was the only way that guy could have ended his conversation. In an enlightened society, most people are multilingual. 412-333-9939, 412-333-9939, the number to call. Up next, we talk hockey with Mike Rupp, and that'll be refreshing here on 105.9. Nine, the X. Joining me now, he won the Stanley Cup with New Jersey, exited the Penguins. You can see him on the NHL Network. It's a pleasure to talk to Mike Rupp. Rupper, who wins tonight? Game 7, Tampa or Washington? I got Tampa. I got Tampa winning the game. I just think that they'll re- rebound off of their, their last performance and... Uh, uh, although we haven't seen them be the team that we saw all year, we haven't seen that in the playoffs, I, I just feel like this veteran group's going to get it done in Game 7. Which team would stand a better chance against Vegas, Rupper, uh, Tampa or Washington? Because I agree, I think Tampa's going to win tonight, but I think Washington's star power might give them a better shot against Vegas. Uh, to be honest with you, the way Vegas is playing, I don't think either of them would beat Vegas in the finals. So uh, I, I just, unless they have a... Uh, it, between the two of them, if I had to say who would give them a, a, a tougher go, I'd probably agree with you in Washington because I don't think Tampa's playing to anywhere near the level that uh, of a team that they they have shown that they are uh, for most of the season. Towards the end of the year, they got a, a little bit of a rut. I think back to when I was on the in 2012 with the Rangers, we were right uh, like a point or two off Vancouver for the President's Trophy. We stumbled into the playoffs. We never got our footing, never felt like ourselves. And it's just you're scratch clawing and grabbing, trying to get by each round when really we shouldn't have been. And I feel the same way about Tampa. I just don't know if 
Um, you know, they, they, you're going against, a, you'd be going against in Vegas a team that has a lot of really good things going for them. And it's just, they come wave on wave. And then it's kind of a little bit of patchwork here for Tampa Bay up to this point. Yeah, let's stay with Tampa because I agree. They're not the team they showed they were during the regular season. I thought game six against Washington was a microcosm of that. They came out incredibly flat, and that went especially for their uh, big-time players, didn't it? Yeah, I think that that's the one thing right now that, you know what, you sit there and you you think, I think it's kind of catch-22, and maybe I I say it just from just as being a player and playing with some of those high-end talent guys is, is in my career is that, you, you look at it, and, and I think to myself, where's Nikita Kucherov? Uh, where's Steven Stamkos in the series? Um, we know about the power play of and Steven Stamkos being able to convert in that situation, but they need him five on five. They need uh, Nikita Kucherov was uh, – I, I didn't even notice him in game six. Uh, if you told me he wasn't playing, I, I, I really wouldn't have questioned you. And uh, I don't mean that in a, in a disrespectful way. I just think the way that guy is, I mean, he, in my opinion, should have been a – uh, finalists for the Hart Trophy, and uh, so I think when you have guys like that, you can also say, well, they wouldn't be where they're at without a guy like Kucherov. Yeah, that's right. But that's also why he makes what he makes, and he's considered to be the player that he is um, for that organization. They need him and Stammer to come through in Game 7 in a big way. What about Ryan McDonough? Has he added what Tampa had hoped for? Um. <sighs> I, I think so. I mean, I, I think that maybe they were thinking they were going to get a little bit more, uh, you know, and because Ryan McDonough has had at different times in his career, he's had some pretty good star power and maybe not the, the sexiest ways of getting um, a ton of points, but he's a, a, a horse and he's a lockdown guy. I, I, I look at him, uh, I start to think to myself of those years playing under torts and those long runs and all those playoff games that he's played in with the Rangers. He looks worn to me. He looks tired. He, you know, you watch him in that last game, uh, if you remember, in, in game six. He goes and blocks that one-timer right off the shoulder. I don't know how that thing, if that thing goes up a, an inch, it's hitting him right in the face. That guy does that stuff every game. And he's blocked shots, plays hard minutes. He just looks to me that he's worn down. So, uh, yeah, I don't think they're getting the full value of him. But on the same rate, it gives them the flexibility of having Victor Hedman and or uh, – Ryan McDonough out there with the other team's top talents, and I thought they'd done a pretty good job in, in these series leading up to this to keep in the tab on, on, on the other team's top players. Backstrom has given Washington a real lift, I think, uh, Rupper. Some of his passes, like that one in the slot to Oshie in Game 6, just out of this world, right? Unbelievable. Uh, he, he, I wondered how, when he came back, how he would be. Is, is he coming back because of the situation that they're in? We know that he... Um, you know, is, is is banged up. And maybe the first game or so, he didn't really, I think he had four shots in his first game back in the lineup. And I was wondering, okay, well, what does this guy have moving forward? Because this team is going to need him. I don't see this team winning. Uh, at that time, I was saying, I don't see this team winning a, a round or, or the cup without him at this point. Um, but I think last game was a big message that he can get it done still. <laughs> and he was making passes. He was buzzing around out there. Um, so whatever he's whatever ailment he's dealing with with that hand, uh, he's starting to look comfortable now, and that's not a good sign for opponents. Can Ovi just take over tonight? He might play the whole game if he has to. You know, we we I just want to say though, we can sit here and I know that we're 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 in Pittsburgh, right? But can we talk about for a second how Ovi has? We always talk about players being the best players. 
I don't. I can't pick one game in the playoffs where Ovi hasn't been the best player for the Caps. I agree. I, mean, I, I think he's more than burnished his reputation in these playoffs, Rupper. Yeah, and when you look at last game, he doesn't get on the score sheet, but he was a machine setting the tone, playing physical, doing this and that. Um, I, I would expect the exact same thing for him. Uh, I, I don't. I never have understood how he can play at the physical level that he does and, and play those hard minutes that he does. But he did it last game. I, I'm more concerned is can the rest of the team play that heavy downhill hockey that they played in game six? We've seen Ovi be able to, to, to get that energy level. I don't know if those other guys can. If they do, though, if they are 90% of what they were in game six, I think they win this game. And, uh, you know, Ovi's going to be all over the ice. I, I would expect him to have in the team's uh, shot attempts in this game. He could get double digits in shots. Um, they might get blocked, but he's going to be firing it from every every which angle. We're talking to Mike Rupp. He's brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche. Make every day a Porsche day with the new McCod. Uh, Rupper, has there ever been a more unlikely story than Vegas? I can't believe they're in the final, but they so obviously deserve it. They they killed Winnipeg. The Jets were, were not really in the series. No. Uh, yeah, they, they are... I've I've been one of the the people, the quote unquote, uh, you know, experts that have been. I picked against them the whole time. I picked against them every round up to this point. I just think not that I don't. I, I love what they're doing. I've just I'm just basing it off of things that I've learned and experienced in my career and watched different teams from ice level playing with and against and and observing all those things. Nothing told me that they were going to be able to do anything that they've done. So I always have thought that, yeah, you know, it's been a good story, but but this or but that. And I'll tell you one thing now. I'm trying to look it through a different set of lenses now where I'm watching them just strictly forget all that other garbage. I'm watching them play hockey as a team. They are they are a, an absolute machine. I mean, they – so now I'm sitting here. Yeah, their I'm execution like, level is befitting a Stanley Cup finalist, no doubt. It, it is. It's it's almost like they're naive to the situation. They they go out there, and the biggest thing that one of the biggest things that I've seen that I've seen them do, and they did it against Winnipeg, and Mark Scheifele mentioned it in one of the post game comments as well, was every time Winnipeg got momentum, Vegas would strike right away. We had goals ten seconds after Winnipeg goals. We had goals fifteen seconds after Winnipeg goals. There was always a rebuttal, and there was always a punch back in the chin that they had. That's huge because this playoffs, and we always see the playoffs are just momentum changes, right? And you've got to wrestle that momentum away. Some teams can't do it, and that's how you, you start chasing. You stretch yourself out trying to chase a game, and then they score a couple more. Vegas responds. They act like they act like it's it, it almost like they, it's like they, they don't care that you just scored. We're going to do our thing, and we believe in what we can do. Uh, is Flurry the front runner for playoff MVP? Because I think he gets it Win or lose in the final, he's been Vegas's catalyst all season. I was thinking about this the other day, and that's a great call by you. That the last guy was J.S. Jaguar, and that was against uh, New Jersey in '03 when I was on the Devils, and he was the the losing goaltender and won the the Conn Smythe. I thought about that the other day. I mean, unless someone absolutely comes out of the way, the only way I see something happening is if 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 Washington makes the finals. And Ovi's still playing like Ovi. I think Ovi gets it. But outside of Ovi, I think win or lose, Mark Andre Fleury is probably going to be the consummate winner. Two local hockey debates are running a muck rupper. Uh, first off, and I think it's absurd to even discuss, but should the Penguins have kept Fleury instead of Murray? 
I mean, it's so easy to say this right now because uh, of the circumstances. I mean, when you're talking about building a team and the and the goalie and what we saw in Matt Murray and know of him and his age, no, they should have done what they did. Um, I think that when you look at it, uh, you know, I don't know. Was there any was there any possible way that you could um, try to entice Vegas to not take either goalie? In that situation, I don't know. I don't know if those things were... were well, yeah, but Flurry know, wanted to leave to start somewhere up, and I think Rutherford was always going to respect that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, I mean, right now, you sit there. I mean, you can ask the question right now, would would uh, would the Pens be still playing if they had Marc-Andre Fleury? I don't know. I mean, probably most of the teams that are out of the playoffs, if they had Marc-Andre Fleury, would have a better chance of winning. He's the best. The numbers he's putting up now are better than Jonathan Quick. Well, right, but that, that's a different question, won. isn't it? I mean... I mean, obviously, Flurry's had the superior season and playoff, but but I can't think of any general manager in hockey that would have kept Flurry over Murray, given all the circumstances. No. The, the only possible way you would is if you were married to just want to win this year and next year and try to keep the streak going. Hockey yeah, but still, Murray won the last two years, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, but hockey decision-wise, it's, it's Matt Murray all day long because of his age and what he's shown that he can do. Now, apparently Phil Kessel and the coach, Mike Sullivan, don't get along. But I don't think any coach is going to love Kessel. Do you, Rupper? Doesn't hit? Doesn't block shots? Doesn't fit the mold? I, I mean, just he's going to frustrate any coach is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I mean I I'd still the, want him, but, but he would yeah. frustrate me as a coach. Yeah, I mean, you know what? When, when, you, when it's not frustrating is when Phil's scoring goals. And you can live with it. And, and when he doesn't score goals, then it kind of comes to the forefront probably a little bit more. And I just think that, you know, Phil's that type of player. And you watch during the games. I mean, um, there's some shifts where you're wondering what's what, what's going on there. And then all of a sudden he gets the puck on a stick and it's powered back of the net, snaps him under the bar. He's got two goals in the game. And um, those, are the, those are things that you, you live with. Every team, you're, you can have, in my opinion, you can have three guys, they can kind of ad lib, and you, as long as their skill set and what they bring offensively, oh, you know, is justified. Uh, they're scoring basically. You can let them ad lib. Outside of that, outside of that, it's all team concept. I think the Penguins are in a position where, you know what? With you, you, you let Phil, you guys, Phil do his thing. You use them accordingly, and you let Gino at times do his thing because the upside's too high. And I think what we've seen in Pittsburgh with Phil Kessel. You, you let him. You let him do his thing. But I think as soon as if there's a time when the the scoring's not there, like a season long stretch where the numbers aren't there, then you have an issue. But up to this point, I think he's been fantastic. I think the potential problem could be. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with Daniel Sprong. I haven't seen that much of him myself. But he is like a Xerox of Phil. Like he has the same flaws, the same strengths, and maybe two of those guys on the same team. If Sprong makes the team, which I think he will, that'll be a handful to deal with, won't it? Yeah, because that goes back to kind of what my belief is, is that you can only have two or three. And those guys got to be, you know, if Daniel Sprong could put up 80 points, sure, you can live with that. The chances of Daniel Sprong putting up 80 points next year um, aren't very good. So, you know, I, therefore you can't. You can't have two guys operating under that. The, the, the one good thing that this team has is that they don't have, you know, Sid doesn't ad-lib like that. Sid is developed himself and to be a very solid two-way guy. Um, you know, Gino battles on pucks, but he still kind of gets 
you know, he kind of ad libs a little bit and freelances at times, but he battles. And so I, I think that they're in a good situation. They don't have too many right now, but yeah, I agree with you. I, I think, I mean, that's why we didn't see Daniel Sprong at, at important parts this year when they needed some uh, boost. Rupert, uh, I'm like you. I wasn't sold on Vegas till they beat Winnipeg. Now I'm totally sold they're going to win the cup, and that's probably why they'll lose. The minute we became sold, they'll probably uh, they'll probably backslide. I know we're we're absolutely jinxing the whole situation, but hey, <laughs> you know what? I got to be right in one of these one of these rounds. Or actually, I'll probably be wrong again, but I got to go with it. I, there's nothing. They're not showing me any reason why they're slowing down. Rupert, great stuff as always. We'll talk again next week during the final. Awesome, sounds good. That's Mike Rupp, brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche. Up next, going to talk to Bob McLaughlin, 105.9 The X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, love the show. Double M, big fan, big fan. He's a game changer. He's a guy that makes a big difference. Ooh, that's a good one. The X at 105.9. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, what's your take on the NFL's new anthem policy, which isn't really a policy at all. It's like one giant loophole. Yeah, not a policy at all, Mark. I agree. They had all the time in the world to meet and talk and get this right and ask for everybody's participation. And it looks like they hurried this, and now it's blown up in their face, especially when you have one of their own, somebody who voted for it, now coming out and saying that he would pay all the players' fines and just totally dismantling anything that they had done. Right, the Jets chairman. Yeah. Him saying that makes it meaningless. Now an owner could get in good with his players by... You know, not minding the fines because it will be a team fine, not a player fine, if they kneel during the anthem. And then the hardliners will alienate their players. They've they've just switched the heat is all away from the league into the teams and players and made themselves seem incredibly stupid in the process. Uh, what's your take on the Phil Kessel story in today's Post Gazette that says uh, Kessel and Sullivan don't get along? Correct me if I'm wrong, Bob, but haven't I been saying that <laughs> almost since the day Sullivan took over? And isn't that just par for the course with a quirky player like Kessel that, that he'll have problems with the coach? Or rather, the coach will have problems with him. I don't think Phil cares. Yeah, and isn't it really too bad that we don't have Mike Lang on for the uh, you know the end of the final of uh, the Stanley Cup? Because he would have said, Mark, I have seen this fish before, you know, for the great Mike Lang. But you, you're right. This story isn't anything new. And... I don't know if sour is the right word. Um, look, not everybody gets along with everybody. Not all coaches are always going to be best buds or, you know, on the same page, simpatico with one of their better players. And that's what you have here. Um, it worked pretty well to get two Stanley Cups between, you know, in, over the last two seasons just because it didn't go right this well, year. Well, saying that Sully and Phil don't have a good relationship isn't the same as saying they can't coexist. That's isn't right. the same as saying they're going to ship Phil out. Isn't the same as saying they're going to shop him. Although I do think for the right offer, they'd trade him because of Sprong's presence. But I don't believe they'll get that right offer just yet. No way. Not with the money that they're due him and coming off the series that he just had. Um, right. He's, but- he's due 6.8 per year because the Leafs are picking up 1.2 per year. And he signed through, I think, and 2023. The- I mean, really, who wants that ticket? to take on those quirks as well. I was surprised when the Penguins did it, but it paid off. Yeah, and who's to say, Mark, that they don't come back and have a season where everything works right for Phil Kessel? Whatever was ailing him before, he comes back next year. He's the same old Phil that helped get two Stanley Cups here. And all of a sudden, 
there's no bad relationship between him and Coach Sullivan. It just didn't work out with the Cup this year, and I guess everybody needs to fill in the blank as to why. Well, and a lot of people are saying that Rick Tockett's absence, you know, is why Kessel and Sully didn't get along. But but Kessel and Sully didn't get along when Talk was here. He was just kind of the intermediary. And while I think Tockett did an exceptional job in all his duties as a Penguins assistant, doing a great job in Arizona too, uh, you can be the good cop when you're the assistant coach. You can't ever be the good cop when you're the head coach. It's just not how it works. Especially with Coach Sullivan. I would think that his way is the only way, is the only way ad infinitum. You know, you're going to do it his way, and I think that he's proven his way works. I mean, like I said, it didn't work this way to perfection. They're not in the running for the Stanley Cup anymore, so everybody has to try and figure out a reason why. And you take all these little pieces, and all of a sudden they're blown up so much bigger than what the actual cause really was. And it's because, you know, our goaltender didn't play as well as the goaltender he was facing in that series. There was no secondary scoring at all, um, you know, and a couple of other reasons. But it wasn't just because Phil and Mike Sullivan don't get along. Well, right, but but there has to be a reason. There has to be somebody to blame because it can't be just that the other team played better. That's Bob McLaughlin brought you by 84 Lumber. The list is real long, so keep that music going, Bob. And uh, if you want a, a primer for the list... I posted a blog about the subject on WXDX.com. So go there now and read along with me. 1059X.